All right. Well, good morning, Third Church. How's everybody doing today? Good. All right. That was good. Let's try it one more time. How's everybody doing this morning? Okay, there we go. That's a little better. So welcome to all of you here this morning. We are grateful that you are here. Thanks to all of you online as well. Please uh, feel welcome and known. If you are a visitor here this morning and you need, you have any questions, we have a welcome center down that hallway to the right. For those of you that are online, we invite you to come uh, and join us. We believe that community is important so that we can bless, train, and recharge together. So come back and join us whenever you can. Today is Mother's Day, right? So I want to just say a thank you to all the moms out there, to my wife, the mother of our two kiddos, my mom, my mother-in-law for how they have shaped our family, and to all those mothers out there, whether you have kids of your own or you're a spiritual mom. I've been influenced by so many great women in my life. I'm guessing you have too. Four women uh, just before the service praying and encouraging me just as an example. So thank you and know that whether you have your own kids or not, if you're investing in the lives of others around you and your family, your friends, your neighbors, you're a mom, you're being a shepherd to so many. So thank you. Thank you for what you do every day and especially today. So can we give a hand to all our moms? Yeah. It's okay to clap in church. So it's great to be here this morning. Last week I was in the sanctuary and I got to preach three times and I'm not going to kid you, that is exhausting, right? By the third service, I'm trying to remember, did I say that last service or the first service or have I said it this service? Um, so uh, it's great to be here this morning. And one of the things I want to share that I shared there last week is over the last few weeks in my quiet times and through the work we've been doing, several of you have been involved in that and working on new mission and values that we'll be rolling out here later this fall. As we've been working on that, we see the history, the rich history of a 150-year-old church. So can I just say thank you, especially to the auditorium of how you invested in so many leaders over the years. This has been an incubator, right, for, teach, for teachers trying to uh, hone their gifts, for musicians seeking where God is leading them. So thank you for investing. And we've seen a lot of change the last 30 years here at Third. We've seen a lot the last 18 months, right? And the next 18 months, there's going to be a lot as well. So stay with us. And, the, and one of the benefits of a five-generation church is seeing that together because there's always people ahead of us in the journey and there are people that are not far in the journey that we can all invest in and learn together. So keep inviting each other out to eat, over to your homes, being in small groups because that's where community happens. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for being kingdom partners with us in the ministry with your time, talents, and gifts. So shifting gears, we are halfway point, hard to believe already, in our I Am series. So we'll do just a bit of a recap before we get going this morning. The I Am statements of Jesus, they are astonishing. They're helping us understand who Jesus is, who God is. And they are astonishing claims that we see as Clayton unpacked for us as we started in Exodus. I am he is holy, holy, holy. And Jesus wants a relationship with all of us, all of you this morning. As Kathy said a couple weeks ago, and I love this verbiage, it just stuck with me. The work of God is to believe in the one he sent. The work of God is to believe Jesus. That's what this is all about. So as Kathy and Clayton and Tom have unpacked the last several weeks, we've heard these statements. I am the bread of life. 
Because of Jesus is the bread of life, I will come to him to be satisfied. I am the light. Because Jesus is the light, I celebrate life to be close to God. And I am the gate. Because of Jesus, I will enter into Jesus and he into me, inviting Christ into your life, into relationship. And this morning, we will continue in John chapter 10 with I am the good shepherd this morning. So as we've been doing, why don't you take just a minute. What does it mean to you when you hear Jesus say, I am the good shepherd? So think about that for yourself and talk with those around you. I'll give you a minute or so. Go. All right, I'll bring us back here. Thank you for investing in that. So anybody want to shout out? I want three this morning. Can I get three people that have had enough coffee to speak out loud? <laughs> what came to your minds? There's coffee over there if you need to go get some. <laughs> Can I get one? Allie. Shepherds lead well. They care for their sheep. I'm summarizing what you said. Great. Anyone else want to share? One more. The ultimate leader. The ultimate leader. Awesome. Great. So this morning, if I can get the first slide, where we're going is last week we were at the gate, right? If we choose Jesus, we choose life, wherever you are, there God is. That's the heart of a shepherd. He goes before us. He's in front of us, guiding us. He's behind us, protecting us. And he's beside us as a friend, providing care for all of us. And those are the three attributes we're going to talk about this morning. So before we read our passage, you can be opening up to John 10 on your devices or your Bible. We'll be in John chapter 10, verse 11 through 21. We have to give a little bit of setup. I want to remind us of where we were, where the story is coming out of, a little bit of last week. But in chapter 9, it starts out with Jesus healing on the Sabbath. The religious leaders, the shepherds of that day, had made all kinds of rules, like 600 rules off the Ten Commandments. They were making it hard for people to believe. Jesus heals, and now all their concern is that he did work on the Sabbath. It doesn't fit their rules. So they're angry because it's taking away their control, their power. So as we heard last week, Jesus says, I am the gate. Everyone else is a robber and a thief. See, he's calling out the religious leaders, the bad shepherds, blatantly using provocative language to go after people, leading them away from life, leading them to death and what culture thinks. I focused on that a lot last week in the sanctuary. I had two doors, a light, one with life on it, one with death. And it was so neat to see where Tom went and how the Holy Spirit aligns our two rooms as we ended up in the same, we have to go through the gate. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to life and culture and what it's telling us, you do you, it's okay, do whatever you want, that leads to death. Jesus proclaims he is the gate for the sheep, that's us. And only through him will we know green pastures, life eternal. And that is where we start this morning. So hear these words in John 10, 11 through 21. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, is, does not own the sheep. 
So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Now the Jews who heard this, these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is a demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of the man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? People of God, these are the words of God. Thanks be to God. So as we, as we start this morning, there's a lot to unpack there, as there always is in Scripture. But I love what Tom did last week, just connecting the whole Bible, the whole story. And so many of us maybe don't do that. We need to read the whole book and tie all those things in. And the same thing with shepherds. As I looked about what shepherds were and how they were in the Bible, it's amazing to me. Shepherds find deep roots in the earliest histories of Israel. Shepherds are mentioned over 110 times in the NIV version of the Bible, starting in Genesis with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as shepherds. See, the people of Jesus' time would know all of these stories. They knew their Old Testament scriptures. We see it in Exodus as Moses shepherded for 40 years the flocks of Jethro, his father-in-law, before he had the great I Am experience that started our sermon series. David's writing throughout Psalms. He unpacks what a shepherd is. He was a shepherd. And in Psalm 23, which we'll use later this morning as well, gives us a beautiful picture of the Lord's assurances through a shepherd and his future savior. We have picture prophets that talk about shepherds throughout their, throughout their books in the Bible and referring, it to, and referring to leaders as either good or bad shepherds. Shepherds were present at Jesus' birth. They were the first ones there. Jesus uses shepherds in his analogies throughout his preaching. Other New Testament writers talk about the protection of shepherds from the church, from the savage wolves, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the political leaders. And then Jesus in Revelation, when he comes back, the Messiah, it says the shepherd with a rod of iron for those that didn't believe. But also he will be a, he will lead those martyrs and those that believe to springs of water, of life eternal. So shepherds are throughout scripture. And with that, we see in verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Why? Good. Good is the word kalos in Greek. And it means to be not only good, but worthy, honorable, noble, winsome, wholesome, Kalos indicates his inherent goodness internally and externally, and it contrasts the wicked, the foul, and the unlovely. It is then used to distinguish him from the other shepherds, leading his people away from him. The kings, the prophets, the priests, the religious leaders, they are bad shepherds. And what is a shepherd? It's associated with protection, guidance, someone who provides and cares See, the people of that day would know that. They know what shepherds did. And by what Jesus says in the last, what we learned last week, I am the only way. I'm the gate. 
They would know he was claiming to be the Messiah. And Jesus put himself right up against the religious leaders' beliefs and is challenging their misplaced laws and hardships, as well as their thoughts of the Messiah being an earthly king. He is calling them out as they are leading his people toward eternal separation and making it hard to know and love God. Now to talk about shepherds, we also have to talk about sheep. If I can have that slide, just a few things. Sheep are mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. Many of that is referring to us as sheep. I'm going to do a little bit of a comparison because if you're a farm kid like I was, being compared to a sheep is not a good thing. (laughs) They are prone to get lost, to wander aimlessly. Sound like us? Sounds like me. Left to our own accord, we'll go off in our own way is what we want to do, where we want to go. And one of my favorite quotes that I saw one time that made me think is, my best thinking got me here. (laughs) Think about where you were 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, in a high or in a low. Your best thinking got you there. We need a shepherd. Sheep are defenseless against predators, thieves, sandstorms, floods. Even if they accidentally roll over on their backs, they can't get back up and they'll die. Without Jesus, I'm defenseless against sin, shame, and the storms of life that come my way. We need a shepherd. So as we move here, I want to unpack those three things. First, a good shepherd protects A good shepherd provides security, a place of refuge. They make sure the path is safe and goes ahead of the flock. In Psalm 23, we read, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. If I can have the slide on the rod. So a rod symbolizes authority, power, discipline, defense, and protection. It was a club to use to fight off lions, bears, wolves, and other threats as we read throughout the historical accounts in the Bible. It was an offensive and defensive tool. And I want to go and just unpack this. As we read scripture, we see David and others, they are praying for their sheep. We should be praying for our sheep, our families. But the realities of a fallen world is we have to be prepared to defend and protect as well. In our verses this morning, John 10, 11 through 13, it says, The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, and the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. You see, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is a reference to Jesus' substitutionary atonement, his death for us on the cross. The word life that is laid down in Greek is suke. It's the whole person. It's everything. Jesus lays down his communion with God the Father, his humanity, his authority, because he's deeply committed to you, to you, to all of us. Others come to rob, steal, and destroy. Religious and political leaders are hired hands. They don't really care. They perform their duty in good times and then walk away in bad. Do we see that today? 
Predators and thieves, our culture is waging a war for our souls every day with every little compromise. Every compromise we make that's one degree off will lead us to a place we never intended to be. The best thieves, and I think this is critical, the best thieves are good shepherds. That's where we get a wolf in sheep's clothing. A story just a mil- from the military. They hire former hackers and criminals. Why? They know the game. They have the language. They have just enough truth and background to be believable. Now, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you have fallen for a phishing attack? Right? Got that email that says it's from PayPal or Apple or whatever it might be, and it's like, hey, click on here. We just want to check and you know, double-check your account number. If you could just call us and give us that information. <laughs> Whoops. See, it just looks just enough believable. Yes, Jesus is there, our ultimate protection, and we should be praying every day like the shepherds did for our flocks, for our families, for our neighbors. But as the Bible tells us, our faith has an active part. Faith without works and participation is dead. And can I make a plea this morning to parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends? We need to be speaking into our kids' lives. We need to be speaking into our friends' lives. There are many thieves out there today. Out there, culture, just trying to destroy us. Even churches claiming universalism that, oh, Jesus is one way. No, Jesus is the way. Culture is pushing that everything is okay. You do you. That is not right. And it's leading to death and families away from God and eternal separation. We have to point back to Jesus. And yes, we've, you've heard me speak in several times, if you've been with us, that we need to meet people where they are. Absolutely. Sometimes it takes years before we speak truth as we develop those relationships. But as my verse for the last year, Romans 2, 4 says, kindness leads to repentance. There's two parts to that. Yes, we need to be kind, but we also have to have truth and move, move people to Repentance. So we need to be parents, we need to be grandparents, we need to be good friends. And when there are hard times, when we see someone going down the wrong path, gently, with that rod nudging them back in line, reminding them of God's word and his plan for them. That is what a shepherd does. He uses the rod not only to keep away thieves and those who come to hurt, but also to nudge, as Allie said, nudge Sheep back in line. See, wherever you are, there God is protecting you. Next, a good shepherd guides. A good shepherd guides and knows you and provides guidance. We should hear his voice. We should know his voice. Last week, in verses 3 and 4 of John 10, we read, He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. This morning in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. The shepherd's staff was the other piece we read about in Psalm 23. It's a symbol of guidance and loving kindness. It's a place shepherds would lean on to give them rest, but also to help that sheep. That's why the shepherd's hook, when they would fall into a ravine, 
to get them when they're just far enough off to bring them back in because he cares. And he wants to guide them into the path. And sheep are prone to injury and affection. And the shepherd would check each sheep, usually daily from top to bottom, to see if they were injured. Almost like a daily physical exam. See, he knows each sheep as he does that. And each sheep knows him. That's the imagery. He knows you. The Greek word is konosko. It's like a husband and a wife in marriage know each other knows you intimately. He wants a personal relationship. He knows the number of hairs on your head, on my head. He knows what you did last year, yesterday, today, and what you're going to do tomorrow. Are we taking the time to listen to him? Listen to his voice, listening for his voice? He is calling each of us today out of our sins and darkness. He's knocking on the outside of the door of life, graciously encouraging us to choose him over culture. And he's there for you as a guide, as a guide no matter where you're at, through the highs and lows, through the twists and turns. And just to give you a glimpse into our own life, into my own life, we'll not always get the answer to prayer we want. God doesn't promise that. But God is still there in it. His plans are not our plans. See, God comforted me as I was thinking about Mother's Day and my grandma Wogan when she passed away when I was in elementary school. She was a rock for me. I have some of my first memories walking in the timber and doing things. And We didn't get an answer to prayer when she passed away. But it was one of my first encounters with God as I remember praying in my room and praying as I'd go into that timber. And I got that assurance she was with him. But that was a low. My other grandma passed away when I was in college. That was a low. God orchestrated both of my kids doing their profession of faith on the stage the same day I got commissioned as a pastor in 2017. That was a high. God is there as we continue to navigate anxiety with our daughter, with my father-in-law's stroke that's now been 10 years as we navigate that situation. My career changed a year ago here to church. Michelle's cancer scare a few years ago where we were literally millimeters away from it being in her lymph nodes in a whole different situation. And there's a scar in her leg that reminds us of God's faithfulness every day and many other situations. Yes, I ask God why a lot. God can take those. He wants us to go out and say, why? What is going on? We don't understand. We're human. We don't. God's ways are not our own, but he is there. So how do I remain in him? I have to spend time in quiet with my journal, reading my Bible so I know his words, so I can separate the voices and hear his and tune out culture and others. So no matter where you come this morning, no matter where you're at, do you know you are worthy of God's love? You're worthy of God's love. What voice are you listening to today? Are you listening to God or the bad shepherds in the culture leading to death? See, wherever you are, there God is guiding you. He sees you. He knows you. And the last piece a good shepherd provides. In verse 9 last week, we see they will come in and go out and find pasture. That's what... 
a good shepherd will lead his sheep too. In Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You anoint, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, a shepherd leads us to good food, nourishing food, God's word. That's nourishing food for us. He refreshes our souls, gives us soul care. How? In community, in community with others. To walk with us in the good, the bad, the hard, the twists and turns that life throws our way. And he anoints them with oil. And for sheep, what that would do is heal out, you know, keep out the infection. It would help healing. And I can only imagine in the picture, there was the one picture with the sheep slide in the top left. Maybe bring that up if you wouldn't mind, Joey. You know, I just think about the shepherd each day going through each sheep. I think about him with each one of us. For some of you, that's him tickling you under the chin. For some of us, it's a hug. For some of us, we just need an encouraging word. But he knows each of us. He knows what we each need. He provides for us. And another part of providing, in verse 16, it says, I have other sheep. They are not of this pen. I must bring them also. We read here that it's not just for Israel. It's for the Gentiles. It's for us. Ultimately, Jesus provides a way to eternal life for all of us. Like a good shepherd, he lays down his life for us willingly. He paid the price for our sins yesterday, today, and the future. He was beaten. He suffered. He died for us, for you. That's how much he loves you. And he only promises what we need, not what we want. Prosperity gospel isn't true. Eternal life is the only gift that's guaranteed if we choose him. Whether you live one day on this earth or a hundred, that is the best gift. See, wherever you are, there God is providing for you. Do you know that this morning? And in the last few verses of our passage this morning, there's a disagreement of who he was. That's still going on today, isn't it? Is Jesus a good person or is he God? I really like, I heard this story this week from Katie Peterson. She was unpacking a conversation she had with someone in our congregation who had visited Africa. And this person had, had asked the, the people in Africa, what do you see as the big difference between church here in Africa and the church in the Western world, in the U.S. And the individual said, lovingly, graciously, said, we believe, you, as the Western church in the U.S., believe in God. We believe God. Hmm. That one little word. So this morning, do we believe in Jesus? Or do we believe Jesus? If you've been here long enough at Third Church, you've probably heard Pastor Kevin say, right? Are we, are we a church that's a museum? We're worshiping a dead guy? Or is this an airport? Where we're coming in and the Holy Spirit is filling us. We're getting refreshed and we go out to the church, which is all of us outside in the world 
blessing others. And this is a launch pad to go out and reach people, extending God's good shepherd to others in our path. What do you believe this morning? Do you believe Jesus is for everyone every day? As we work in our own sinful nature, we're all broken. We're all broken people helping broken people. But are we moving with one another to, toward life-giving freedom in Jesus, whether here in Pella, Knoxville, Oskaloosa, New Sharon, Sully, Abaco, Haiti, Mexico, near and far? in our schools, in our workplaces, in our homes. See, wherever God is, wherever you are, God is. So the worship team can start coming back up, and if I can have that last slide, some action steps. So because of I am, because of Jesus, I, little I, you, I will be a refuge. Are we willing to help others be seen, known, and loved? In our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, wherever we are. Those of you that know me know I love music and movies. And I don't know if you've seen the new movie, the new uh, Avatar movie. In their culture, they have, and a couple times in the movie, they show it. They say, I see you. And in that is, I know you. I accept you. I respect you. Do you know you have a God that says, I see you? Can we be that for someone else around us this week? And can we be a daily ambassador? Can we seek where God is sending you to share his love today? Maybe it's a kid at a table for some of those younger at a, at a lunchroom that just doesn't have a lot of friends. Maybe it's going and actually having a conversation with that person that really just it's like nails on a chalkboard when you hear them talk sometimes, but can you, can you push into it and get a little uncomfortable for Jesus? And something easy, can you just be a blessing or encourager today and this week, praying for others, encouraging, listening to them, because we can do far more together. Amen?